Hold on to your butts. Hello and welcome to episode 91 of the Reviewed Movie Podcast. I am Ivan Kander, and as always, I am joined by my two handsome debonair co-hosts, uh, Dave Glanz and Mike Morandi. Say hello, gentlemen. Hello, hello gentlemen. gentlemen. And this is the podcast where we sporadically get together every <laughs> couple weeks or months and talk about <laughs> a classic movie to see whether or not it holds up. We're trying you can, to keep you on your toes. <laughs> you can just, Never know. Yeah, like I said, my goal is to make you think that everything is gone, and then right as you give up hope, like in the, in the third act of a movie, that, that podcast feed refreshes at the last moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find us on the web at reviewedpodcast.com, facebook.com slash reviewedpodcast, and you can email us at contact at reviewedpodcast.com. And that email address is very apt for today's episode because we are finally getting around to a listener request, which is like from six months ago because of how uh, unfrequently, re- well, like six or three, a couple months ago, like several months ago, a listener reached out to uh, talk about the film High Fidelity. Rob Gordon has a successful business and a dedicated following. I used to go to the double door to hear you spin. You were unbelievable. But when it comes to dating... Hi. Hi. This is Penny Hardwick. Hi, Caroline. He's still searching for the right woman. What's your name? Laura! Now his search may have ended. She does this thing in bed when she can't get to sleep. She kind of half moans and then rubs her feet together an equal number of times. <laughs> but his problems just started. And I like you with Laura. I don't think much of this Ian guy. What Ian guy? High Fidelity is the second Stephen Frears film we are talking about on the show. That's right. Uh, the first being... Uh, the Grifters. The Grifters. This film is from the year 2000. It's based on a book by Nick Hornby. Um, it stars John Cusack. Um, I have no idea how to pronounce the female actress's <laughs> name. Haben Gili. Eben Gili. Eben Gili. She's Danish, right? Or uh, somewhere Scandinavian. Yeah. Um, it also features... She's from an acceptable country. <laughs> yeah, she is from a country we'd love to have the immigrants from. Uh, it also features Jack Black. Um, Catherine Zeta-Jones, who I didn't even yeah, remember was in this. Uh, Joan Cusack uh, and uh, Tim Robbins, yeah. who has a, kind of a larger-than-life <laughs> role. And he's only in the movie for like five minutes of screen time. But he feels like he's in it much longer, which is and very And Lisa Bonet. <laughs> and Lisa Bonet from uh, The Cosby, the Cosby Show. Show. Lily so. Taylor's in it. Or as my wife so racistly pointed out, is that Zoe Kravitz? And I'm like, <laughs> A, this movie was in the year 2000, so no. <laughs> and B... They don't, like all look, they don't all look the same. Um, but yeah, um, Damn. High Fidelity. Uh, yeah, I can see the resemblance a little bit. Uh, what is High Fidelity about? In a nutshell, this is my, I, I no longer am going to read plot synopsis on the show. I'm just going to toss it to Mike because this is my favorite thing. What is the uh, plot of uh, High Fidelity according to Mike uh, Morandi? Dear God. So, uh, oh boy. <laughs> How do you encapsulate this movie? I would say it's a young man's journey to understand romance and relationships, and in the process learns a little bit more about himself than he thought he would. Holy! It's and there's so also good. about music too, and records and stuff. But uh, this it's a, it is <laughs> that is perfect. Uh, that's basically what it is. And the reason it's kind of hard to come up with a logline for a movie like High Fidelity is being based on a book. It has kind of that bookish feel where. Um, you can see it on a page flowing, uh, making more sense in terms from a plot uh, perspective. This isn't a movie that has like a very traditional like 
I mean, there is a, there, I feel like there is an act structure, but I think structurally it feels kind of very uh, flowing and meandering and all that kind of stuff. It feels very bookish, which, which I think translates on screen. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a point of view movie, definitely. I mean, he's breaking the fourth wall for most of the movie, so it's like, you know, when you're reading a book, there's the third person or there's the first person where they're talking directly to the reader, and this is definitely the rare case where, you know, it's, like a, it's almost like a movie monologue in a way. Yeah, totally. And, I mean... When I was thinking about this movie, I think it's really interesting when it comes out. It comes out in 2000. The books was written previously. This movie, I feel like, doesn't totally work in the age of the internet in the sense that this movie's all about you had to go to the place where people that you liked or people that you knew liked the stuff that you liked in order to communicate with them about it it's equivalent to a movie like clerks like going to a video store to find your chosen people that also liked movies and this is this centers on a record store but like in the age of the internet we just go to reddit or twitter to find our people and we have those kind of top five conversations that the movie's having online Mm -hmm. whereas this still very much talks about the brick and mortar idea of like going someplace to find your cult you know i think it's kind of the way you just said that though it almost it's almost like it's almost like the physical manifestation of what's now the internet, right? You totally. Know, but with, I'm saying... Even, even with, with uh, constant list, lists everywhere. I mean, everything is a list. I no, mean, yeah, totally. Websites I, I, generate revenue from lists. I, I just think it's interesting that I feel like these kind of interactions are very much of this time period. And j- this movie feels... You know, it actually felt older to me. I don't know if you guys got right. this impression. Didn't it feel like it was made prior to the year well, 2000? Well, the book was written, oh, yeah. in 90, the book was written in 95 and was probably referencing things that probably happened in the late 80s, early 90s with, like, the indie indie music boom with, like, the Pixies and, you know, R.E.M. and, uh, you know, like, post-punk music and that kind of stuff. And I, I feel like that's the that's the vibe they were going for. But at this point in in, in history, this is just when Napster was starting and people were starting to... You know, get steal music, music. And steal music, and <laughs> the music industry was changing. The record industry was dying, and uh, but I think you could take this the, the ideas behind this movie, the idea that uh, you know, certain people are you know will always feel that they they know more. They're they know more than you know, uh, you know. With, it, it's saying something about nerddom and geekdom, you know, where you feel like like this is mine, and I know more about it than you, and that makes you know it makes these guys in this store feel a certain way. And I think what this movie to me seems to be about is about uh, letting go of that snobbishness a little bit, uh, to, you know, open yourself to the world a little bit. Yeah, I don't know what you guys thought of the movie. Well, what did you think of it when you first saw it? I'm guessing you saw it when it, it came was, out. I thought it was pretty good. Very good. I mean, I remember really liking it when it came out. I saw it in the theaters. Uh, it got good reviews and I was, you know, I, I like John Cusack and for the most part, um, I don't love John Cusack, but I think you know he's an appealing actor, and uh, I've been told I looked he, back then. I used to, people oh, used to tell me for some stop it. people used to tell me oh, I, people used to tell me I looked like John Cusack for some he reason. doesn't he look like John Cusack. I know I, I don't. I know I don't. But that's what people told me. Yeah, I know. I look just like Chris Hemsworth. I get it yes. all the time. What? I mean, is it's... John Cusack considered like a a good looking? I think John Cusack, when because of his Lloyd Dobler situation, is <laughs> right. A lot of women hold a candle for John Cusack. Okay, sorry, probably not, that's not what I was implying. <laughs> probably not so much anymore. But uh, I always thought he was kind of dweebish looking. But that's... well, I think that's his appeal. He's got like this dweebishness, but he's he's, he's not... very. He's got Paul Ruddy and good looks. Yes, boyish. But Paul Ruddy is better. Charming. Paul Ruddy's better. Paul Ruddy's better. Yeah, Paul Ruddy's better looking. I wouldn't pretend to look like Paul Ruddy. <laughs> um. 
Yeah. Anyway, so I thought it was good, and I thought it held up okay. I don't. I don't think it's a. I'm not sure I would actually consider this a classic. I don't think it's John Cusack's best movie. Um, what is John Cusack's best movie? Uh, I remember really liking Say Anything. I like Gross Point Blake. Say Anything. Uh, the Grifters. Um, those are probably my three favorite of his. Of uh, like, yeah, of his starring role type movies. Um, lately, I thought he was pretty. Well, you know, did you guys see the movie Love and Mercy with Paul Dano and, I did. and John Cusack? I, I didn't think John I didn't think Cusack the movie was that great. It was all right. Uh, yeah, it was okay. It was good. Actually, I thought it was good, and I thought John Cusack was pretty good in it. But he is good in it. Yeah, yeah, but lately he hasn't. You know, he hasn't really developed into like. You know, he kind of peaked. I would say this is probably High Fidelity is probably jumped the peak John Cusack. Uh, you know, he 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 fit really well into these uh, characters that that couldn't that wouldn't grow up. You know, they had trouble kind of uh, letting go of certain things, I would say. You know, did you guys see Gross Point Blank? I have. It's okay. been a while, and but so, I've seen it. Yeah. Long, anyway. long time ago. Yeah. Long, long time ago. Anyway, uh, overall, I thought this movie was pretty good. I still really, there's still some moments I feel like are really uh, great. Uh, I love the ending of the movie with Jack Black and his band. Um, uh, you know, some some of the stuff in the movie troubles me a little bit. I, I, I think it, mm. especially when it comes to women, I feel like... Uh, you know, I understand this is a point of view movie, but when it, you know, maybe it's just the year we've had, but there's something about it that feels so disconnected from what women probably actually think and would experience in a relationship in a breakup like this. This movie is about, you know, also about a breakup, obviously, and about trying to uncover your romantic past and why things aren't working out for your, you know, romantic life. Um, well, go into that a little bit more. What do you What do you mean by? Um it feels dated in, in terms. Well, I know you're talking about the Me Too movement, but what specifically about the movie doesn't? Well, it's resonate? all for, it's all from the point. I mean, obviously, I know I know it's intentional. It's all from the point of view of this character Rob, uh, and you know it. It might have benefited from a little bit more. Uh, you know, I don't feel like I really understood the, the girlfriend character as as much as I I wanted to. I mean, everything we learn about her is just through through him at least from what i i gathered you know we didn't really you don't you don't see her life outside of their interactions so it's it's hard to really get a sense of uh, you know with this character you know why should i care about this character you know well isn't that uh isn't that kind of the shtick of the movie i think i think you're right but i i'm i guess i'm struggling with that like so there's something about it that, did, that did, didn't quite work for me, I guess. No, I, I so I, I, I'm with Dave on this. I think, um, I think this movie turned it around like right at the end and pulled me back in. So I think up until that point, it was a little uncomfortable. There's a lot of stuff going on where you're like, what, what is this movie saying exactly? Um, and I think if you, you have to look at it through the, like Dave said, it's a point of view movie. It's not necessarily giving us the truth of the situation or what you know what reality is really like but what it is through the eyes of a really self-centered immature person and i think as the movie goes on you see he i think he has enough growth to sort of remedy a lot of the issues i had with it you know in the beginning um but i think you have to look at it as like you know well this is a depiction of a certain archetype and a certain point of view and a certain cross-section of society right um and i think I, i agree with dave i think there's a lot of scenes a lot of the message of the movie is that women are really just objects for this guy mm-hmm. and they are there to serve him. And I think the minute they do not do that or they, you know, uh, they, they change their mind or do anything like that. I think he, you know, it's, they're depicted as evil and horrific and, you know, 
he's the victim. And I think what's interesting not, is as not the, evil, just you know, like oh, uh, really, really? <laughs> Let's go back and rewatch that because no, he definitely pins a lot of what, this. What, like, oh my God, what specifically he's, he's, does he do? Do you think? Well, what's how specifically do you think they're portrayed as being evil? I think he, because the beginning he's talking about misery and how much they put him through and how unpredictable they are and how they all betrayed him and all these horrible things. Every single one woman left him for another man. And like, you know, in, in a way that seems very vindictive and all this stuff. Where it's I never really, got the sense that he was blaming the women. I, I got the sense that he was reaching internally to try to understand why why he couldn't make it work. Yeah, I got the same perspective. I mean, I that was my perspective. A bit of, I think it's a bit of both, but it, I def, it's not like he leaves and he's like, oh... Well, I must have done something wrong. I mean, there's definitely a lot of hostility there. And I mean, think about when he goes back and revisits them and the one woman who has mental um, problems and is on medication. He's just like, right. ah, see you later. Dodge that bullet. And then like he has a, just a this. A, I don't know if he quite puts it like that. <laughs> you know, Wait, he says that, I, he says I could have had sex back there. But, you know, no, I, no, no. I, but why know. did he why didn't he? Uh, well, because he, wa- he wanted about- us, he wanted us to think that he was doing the noble thing. No, well, no. He right. did it maybe, to make maybe himself. That's what saying, but the idea is yeah. that she, he realized, like, oh, hey, she's a mental nutcase and she's depressed, so don't want to go near that because that's not going to be good for me. Mm-hmm. The minute, I mean, okay, think about his the scene where he's talking to his uh, his ex girlfriend and she's telling him, like, you know, they haven't had sex. With, she hasn't had sex with the uh, Tim Robbins, uh, Ian or Ray, whatever he's known mm-hmm. as. Um, and he's like, and the minute he finds out they haven't had sex, he's like, fantastic, I feel yeah. great. So what do I do? Yeah. I go out and have sex myself. Yeah. And then later on, when she tells him that she actually had sex, doing the exact same thing that he did, he storms mm. out in a fit. So it's like right. this really, like... Uh, um, I think, I don't know, I think that's intentional. I think the movie's trying to tell you that he is a bit of a hypocrite. And that, right, of course. That's the point I'm making. That's, exactly, that's yeah. the point I let off with. That, that, you know, that's what makes it okay. I, I think you guys are saying that, like, oh, he was a victim and he thinks himself... Oh, no, 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 that's all. not what I'm saying at all. Okay, I'm, okay. I, I'm just saying that I wish... That I could have understood the uh, and what is what is you're it? trying to talk about Laura. Her name is Laura. So I wish are... I could have understood Laura a little bit more because all we really get to see is there is. Did you want to know what, what she found attractive it. in him? Like what she saw in him? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm a little bit. No. I was. Or what she was getting from the relationship. In so a sense? I, I, I think no. It, it, I think we are given enough information. I, I don't think they spell it out, which I think is good on them. I think there's enough information for them for us there to kind of get an idea at least I think they kind of met over you know mutual ground they both have a love of music she liked his DJing right, right. So that's how they first met and then over time I think as any relationship you know runs the risk of I think things get stale and things get like boring and I think he started getting like losing interest I think she started losing interest and one line that's really interesting is when you know he, she says that she has not had sex with Ray and all they've done is slept together but how somehow that is better than having sex what does that say that that what, when you think about sleeping with someone, the the affection, I guess, the closeness to someone being held, that that is better than having sex. It it says that that was not happening in the relationship, you know, previously. And based on Cusack's actions, it definitely kind of spells it out that there's no affection there anymore. And maybe because of all the stuff that had happened, I mean, when, you, when they go through the things that really poison the relationship was his his infidelity, then her having the abortion, and then him blaming her for that, and then her blaming him for that. And I mean, how do you how do you continue a relationship? after something like that has happened um, and expect everything to be okay without kind of, especially because he never apologized for it. So, so are you suggesting that the ending, the, the, the ending that this movie has, which is kind of a happy ending, isn't earned? No, I, th- I think it is. Because I, I mean, I think it's earned as much as a movie. You can't spend three hours here, you know, hashing out this story. I think the point <laughs> is that it starts because he apologizes, right? Like she obviously right. cares about him and it's, it's killing her to walk away from it, right? Because she keeps coming back. She keeps seeing him. Um, 
when he apologizes at the funeral and he goes to the funeral, um, and then he kind of talks about how he he was never he never really fully committed to the relationship. I think he stayed in this no man's land. Um, the minute he sort of decided that he was going to commit, and he realized that like you know what this is what I want. And then what was interesting is like you go okay we get to the happy ending. He's like this is everything I've ever wanted right here. This is all I've ever wanted. And then all of a sudden he's like but then there's still and then they go to the scene where the the music reviewer comes into the store. Oh yeah. And he starts flirting. I'm like what is this jackass's problem? What is he doing? <laughs> And I actually, I, I actually really, really like that that twist in the story, that turn, because that gives us the moment of knowing that he's actually serious and he's actually earned it. Because I think most movies today, it's it ends with him saying, "This is all I've ever wanted, and it's wonderful, and it's great, and that's the end." And it's mm-hmm. like, "Oh yeah, everything happens perfectly after that. No, they never get into any more fights. They don't have any more issues." The fact that they show that he still sort of has that wandering eye, but he's actually making an effort to say, "No, this is not." Like I want this to stop. I actually want to be with this woman. I need to. I need to start making changes in myself so that I can actually have a stable relationship and not screw it up again. So I think they give that 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 moment of him showing, and the fact that he proposes. She says like she doesn't actually say yes, but the fact that he even asked showed a level of commitment on his side. And I think that it kind of points to the fact that the character is heading in the right direction. He's sort of kind of understanding all the issues that he had, and he's going. He's making changes to fix them. Yeah. Well, I guess... Um, well, well said, Mike. <laughs> well, I guess everything that you're saying about the movie is kind of why I respect it so much. Because it's, yeah. it's, 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 I, this, I, the idea of the movie is that it's analyzing a selfish narcissist who has to come to terms with the fact that they aren't the smartest person in the room. Um, and I think that's what the movie's about, really. It's about a person maturing in that sense. Uh, because he's an asshole. Like the, in this movie, he's an asshole. He's a, he's a he's a charming asshole in the sense that he's engaging enough as a character, and you like hearing him talk enough that it's fun to watch. But at the same time, you kind of recognize or understand implicitly that he's a dick, and he's a dick to yeah. women, and he's a dick to other people. And it's 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 very emblematic, and it's very intentional um, that Nick Hornby crafted this character about being a music snob because it's the same thing as the person that's a movie snob. Or like, comic book snob. Or comic book snob. Right. Any person that's an art snob is an mm. asshole because they always infinitely think that their opinion is better than yours. Right. And I, I, and most people, I think if you were to ask the average person, hey, do you think you're, uh, do you think you're kind of uppity on yourself or narcissistic? They're like, I think the average person would say absolutely not. I'm not. But at the same time, very few people <coughs> can actually admit when they're wrong. Uh, it's it's kind of a, it's mind boggling to me how how often people can never take. Uh, um, uh, never face culpability for their actions, mm-hmm. um, and um, and this is like perfectly representative of how um, dialogue is present on the internet mm-hmm. because everyone's always the most right on the internet. Everything's always like everyone thinks their opinion is the correct one, but in the, which is why you can never change anyone's mind about anything, especially online. But it's real interesting to me that this movie kind of takes that person and makes them see for the first time in sharp relief that oh wait a minute. I do need to actually face up to the fact that I did wrong things and that I need to become a bigger person because of that. So that character arc is, is very interesting to me. And I think it's actually, actually well handled. I think the issue with this movie and why it's probably like, you know, not like the best movie ever um, is, you know, I was watching this with my wife and she just can't, she couldn't stand him as a character. Like mm. she just couldn't, mm-hmm. she pulled the the Mike Morandi reaction when she's like, I'm like, why don't you like this? He's, it's entertaining. It's well shot. It's, you know, it's got great actors in it. And she's like, he's just, she's like, it's, he's just so awful. Like it's mm-hmm. like, it's so hard for me to care about whether or not he gets what he wants because I just can't stand him so much. So mm. yeah, I think I, and I think that, I don't know 
do you, do you don't feel that way, Dave, right? Do you, I mean, did you watch it with your wife or no? Yeah, I did. I mean, she didn't feel the same. I don't think she felt entirely the same way, but I don't know that she was in, as, uh, as maybe as invested in, in the movie as maybe Rebecca might have been. Cause maybe she was watching, she was, I think she was watching it while, you know, on your laptop, which is you know the way a lot of people watch movies now. Um, but <laughs> you mean the so, way they the way they were meant to be seen. the way, the way that Chris seen. Nolan wants you. That's how Chris Nolan yes. wants to watch Dunkirk. Yes, I watched Dunkirk on my phone while falling asleep in bed. The while, way it was meant what? to be seen. While, no, 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 no. Why checking Twitter on my laptop? That's. <laughs> yeah. I, we live you, tweeted. Dunkirk. Have you seen the? Uh, there's like this meme on the internet where people just send Chris Nolan pictures of people watching Dunkirk in the worst way possible, like, like on, on their the phone. <laughs> <laughs> on an airplane. Wait, why? Like, Did he make like, a statement uh, about it? And then they, they yeah, like yeah. On, on he's the, very clearly a filmmaker that wants you on to the see kitchen, his movies on the on the screen on, on the, the screen. on the kitchen like TV when you're making dinner. Like the like the, <laughs> the worst way to watch his movies. It, it, people just like trolling him. But anyway, sorry. Uh, anyway, I no. I mean, I can see that. I mean, this this movie is. You're right. This movie is about it, uh, an asshole who becomes less of an asshole, which. You know, I feel like is a popular trope in a lot of romantic comedies. I think it was overall done fairly well here. I mean, whether you like this character or not, I think depends a little bit on whether you like John Cusack. Does Rebecca like him in any other movies? I mean, I don't think she's like obsessed with him, but I no. think she enjoys him in other films. Yeah, yeah. that'd be, be interesting to see. You know, see anything? She or... doesn't like. It's weird, but um, she doesn't harbor crushes on like. N- male like she didn't have like a guy growing up that was like her little teen heartthrob right um so like like i I don't even know who i would say that actor is now that she's like oh that's that's my top five most attracted to actor you know what did she think of uh being john malkovich he's kind of Uh, an asshole in that well she she could barely make it through being (laughs) John. okay all right (laughs) because i mean she just doesn't he's definitely an asshole in that right he is but she doesn't like surreal weird stuff um so yeah, Charlie right. Kaufman is not her bag. Okay. But anyway, continue. All right. Yeah, I, I kind of forgot. I, some, sometimes I, I forget that John Cusack was the uh, actually the lead. He's almost. I mean, High Fidelity is a movie where John Cusack feels like John Cusack, right? Uh, being John Malkovich. He's in Chicago, his native habitat. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're right. It's a. It. It, it would be. I, I could see this being a someone remaking this movie in. I mean, well, the, based, book, the, and the, the book is in London. The I know book is in London. Yeah. And I could see, I could see a different version for some, you know, for a while looking back, I used to get this movie confused with the uh, Hugh Grant movie about a boy, which oh, I actually like better. Well, <laughs> about a boy I love. Yeah. And that's actually a really good point because it's both kind of about narcissists and they're both Nick based on Nick Hornby books. Right. Right. And which is why Nick mm-hmm. Hornby's got this thing where he writes about narcissistic Male characters, single male who character. who uh, who, who uh, come to ch- like who learn to you know become better men basically. Right, right. Uh, that's kind of a trope in all a lot of his stories. Uh, right. Even I think well, Fever Pitch is less so, but that was a memoir that was then turned into the uh, the Red Sox movie. I haven't seen that one. But um, and now now Nick Hornby writes screenplays just straight up. He wrote the screenplay for Brooklyn, which was based on a novel. And oh, not his novel, good. but another novel. So he's now basically made the transition just to writing uh, for the screen himself. But a lot of his literary work, and I've read about four of his novels, I even read his young adult novel, mm. is kind of about boy, clueless man-child boys that learn to grow up, basically. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's, it's almost a, a genre unto itself, right? I mean, the... Uh, the <laughs> what you just described and the curious just, man <laughs> the curious the, the man you know there's knocked up and a lot of the Judd Apatow movies are, are like that or you know this uh, uh, 
a guy who never grew up and, uh, you know, why are we watching this movie if the character actually isn't going to grow? So, um, you know, I think this movie handles it fairly well. What did you guys think of the uh, the interactions in the record store? And I, I feel like it's actually this I, movie's probably more well known for for that aspect. Well, I mean, before I, I think I think that's a that's a big. Uh, Ivan, did you want to say something before we dive into? No, this? go ahead because I'm going to say something pretty uh, divisive. I think. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. Um, I, I I think the uh, Dick and what's the other guy? What's Jack Black in this movie? Barry. 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 Thank you. <laughs> I think the two of them are fantastic, but I think in some way they're sort of like different. It's almost like uh, extremes of John Cusack's personality, right? Like you got what's his name, who's just so Barry is yeah, so right. arrogant, so full of himself, just unapologetically narcissistic and annoying and grating and and funny too. Actually, I got to say he he does a great job of being entertaining at least. Um, and, and the then you got, so got Dick. Passive. It's like so. He's passive. He's unsure of himself. He's boyish. He's mm. he's gent. I mean, he has also some good traits, which I don't think necessarily we see in John Cusack. But um, I, I think he might have been my favorite character because he was just so pathetically nice and like, yeah. but so sad. And I could see how he could be annoying too because he's like you know he's very like sort of nebbishy and like oh, can I help you? Maybe not. I, yeah, sure, I'll be there. Um, but it, I think it's interesting to have him kind of a counterbalance on each side of the spectrum uh, with those two characters. Um, because I think that's something where he de- he's dealing with his immaturity, boyishness, and sort of like his own lack of confidence, right? And on top of it, he's also dealing with the narcissism and the the assholery of being sort of a snob <laughs> and thinking he's better than everybody else. Um, uh, so what's your device? And, and I think uh, I'm curious. What, I'm now. I, I'm, yeah, yeah. I, I want to know. <laughs> I can't stand Jack Black in this movie. You can't. Oh, really? I think he is the worst part of the film. Uh, uh, dude, I, I, don't, like, I don't mind. I don't mind. Did you like he's... School of Rock? You know, I think I did at the time, yeah. And I think I've just grown real tired of Jack Black. And it could uh, this could be this could be. A I kind of vi- have too, but I still like him in this movie. This could be very much a case of I don't think I I, I definitely did not have this feeling when I watched this movie originally back in mm-hmm. two thousand one or two when I first saw it. In fact, I probably thought his stuff was really funny, like your reaction is. Mm-hmm. It, there's something about seeing it now and how my tastes have changed. It mm-hmm. just feels. I mean. I get how I get he's supposed to be annoying. Like I get that's kind of part of the point. But even the parts that I think were supposed to be like laugh out loud funny, I just didn't find funny. Mm-hmm. I found a lot of his insults and jokes against like other people. Like they weren't clever to me. I think they they felt yeah. very overwritten and broad. I, I'll agree with I you. Agree. But I, I still agree, yeah. for whatever reason I still like him in movie. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't, I, know I, I don't think his stuff. I don't think his stuff holds up in in the wake of the current. You know the current uh, amazing amount of comedy writing we're getting, especially in the field of television. Right. I, mm. I just don't think it, and especially in the the rise of Apatow and his and his influence on comedy. Right. I don't feel like any of those jokes resonate like they once did. And 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 he, you know, Jack Black got famous for being this character, mm-hmm. uh, almost to a detriment to him because I think he can probably pull off a good performance when he is rained back a bit right but did you see uh the Richard Linklater movie called Bernie I haven't but I've, I've heard interesting things yeah. about it um Who's and, good in that? and I actually don't necessarily think he's a bad actor I just I it feels like he's fallen into the trope of being Jack Blackie and, and mm-hmm. this this whole he's made a career off of being this particular it's almost like the Jim Carrey thing we were talking about thing. on the unreleased episode of Ace Ventura that we did <laughs> the unreleased. yeah the uh, the, <laughs> the lost episode but because you know that but Jim know, Carrey you know, he he actually did. 
attempt to do more than just that that shtick eventually i mean he well jack black i think has too i mean he, he had a movie that recently just came out uh, on netflix that netflix bought but that played the indie circuit for a while called like the king of polka or something like that uh, he he has he has tried to branch out but the problem is he keeps on it's like he's a short fat actor and we have to mm-hmm. make sure he says the zaniest things possible and i just something about it just I, I think I mean he probably also further cemented that with all of like the, the the albums he put out and like you know doing the pick of destiny like I feel like a lot of this stuff he did really cemented just like Jim Carrey well I, even, I used on. to really like Tenacious D and I don't even like Tenacious, Tenacious D, D, D anymore the, yeah. so um, it, it's it's funny to me like how I don't know it's I, funny I how think somebody... that could just be a, like a th- it sounds terrible but just maturing and your tastes you know something that is funnier when you're younger is doesn't hold up as much when you're an adult and you like to be honest I mean when he's making fun of the dad the dad comes in and trying to find some music for his daughter and he's yelling at him I'm like dude shut up like I would have well, got not, 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 not only is it annoying I don't feel like his quips were that clever or funny like it's almost like I wouldn't have minded it if I thought the writing was better if that makes sense I feel like it's less about um it's less about him being an asshole and more about I wish he was saying more clever asshole things. And to give an example, and you'll probably disagree with this, but in uh, in Clerks, I think Randall's insults against the people that come into his video store are actually kind of funny. Mm. Uh, and he's being a total asshole there, too. But... No, they, they both piss me off. But I, And I think that, that you have the uh, – <laughs> it's the same idea. It's the same concept of like the – Oh, I'm so smart. I'm so, and I know so much about life, even though I'm like 15 and I've I lived a quarter of my life and don't know anything. Like that, it's just, oh, it's so irritating. It's well, so irritating. Th- well, I I also think that I mean, it's funny that you said he's 15. I I think that there's something pathetic about the fact that they're not 15. They're like what in their their mid 30s? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I would yeah, say right. the John Cusack's character probably is supposed to be out. And Barry, the other guy, the other guy seems like the they're probably in their mid 20s. Of, yeah, they're definitely the other guy's 15. bald. How can he be in his mid 20s? No, the guys in college are bald. (laughs) I think I think the other guys are. I think in the book they were probably meant to be younger. Uh I feel like here they're cast. They they look at least early. Yeah, I I could see them being younger when like he picked them to work for him because they were younger kids. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. This movie, I think they're all about the same age, and I put them at like early thirties, late twenties. Yeah, I think uh, Cusack was thirty three or thirty four when he made this. Oh, really? Yeah, he looks so much older. You think so? I thought he looked like he like he's worn down by life. Oh no. Well, maybe I don't know. Maybe it was the awful like late late nineties, early two thousand yeah. wardrobe. He was yeah, wearing. you know everything's very baggy and well, <laughs> baggy hair, baggy clothes. We haven't we haven't spent enough time talking, and this is probably uh, 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 you know it's symptomatic of what the movie's about because it's about a man growing. The but, environment feels very old too, you know. Oh, just the phones and answering yeah. machines, yeah. and there's no internet. Yeah. A beeper? I saw a beeper. Yeah, yeah. Tim Robbins looks at his e- beeper. Even how they're making fun of Tim Robbins and his douchiness feels early 2000s, late 90s. Yeah, like he's into he's he's got the picture of him in a gi, and he's into like new agey shit, and <laughs> yeah. he's got that. It's that part. Very... That felt, the Tim Robbins stuff didn't work for me in the movie overall. It doesn't no, for me either. Because again, it's that but Jack bro- Black does. So what can I say? Yeah, it's that broadly comedic stuff where the jokes. I think I I here's thing and again this is totally me projecting i have this image of the screenwriter just laughing his ass off writing like the dialogue like and then he's got a ponytail like cracking up and i'm like it's not that funny though like it's not that clever it just feels broad and in a weird way so like that kind of like in terms of like my 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 thoughts on this movie i think that the broader i think that the overall idea of the movie i think still really works and was effective for me this man boy learning to become an adult i think that 
was still very effective. I think a lot of the broader comedic strokes felt forced and didn't work. So that's like where I stand on High Fidelity. I did it, felt, talk... it felt very 90s to me. It didn't feel 2000. It felt very, very 90s. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It, it, feels, it feels oddly 90s. And um, one being the it fact... It can't help but be a time capsule, though. It takes place in a record store. Those don't really exist anymore. You know, not not to the you know. Have you guys been to a record store in the past five years? Well, I mean, well, I mean, I think it's also interesting. I didn't even know. I didn't even know what those big things were. I'm like, what are they giving each other? Like these giant <laughs> squares? Are they posters? Are they weird square posters? What are they? Strange, shiny, circular. Yeah, but you say that, that but I mean, on? vinyl's been do is doing better than ever. I mean, we're yeah. in a huge no, yeah, yeah, vinyl resurgence. So I mean, it's but it, they aren't. But there aren't really stores that are dedicated to music the way they're one was right there's coffee I think shops there are that record, have vinyl. i think there are record stores absolutely really? yeah okay. i think i mean they're definitely this, this niche. could be just because i don't leave the house so i mean it could be that you're just not like a hardcore music guy <laughs> yeah uh, no. but i mean i mean i don't have a record player but i know people that have record collections i and tried <laughs> i just <laughs> At some point um i just don't want stuff anymore like i don't like physical things yeah i know me neither uh but um let's this, talk about the women is, is definitely about in, in some ways i mean this movie is it fetishizes those physical objects of records yeah, and organizing it, things and collecting things and you know it brings up this idea are you defined by the stuff that you have like does the stuff it's very interesting commentary on materialism right he like, definitely has a relationship with his records for sure <laughs> <laughs> he's like having an affair with his record collection in, in a way. i know mike's got actually a pretty sizable movie collection in his really? house yeah yeah, true? I mean, most of it was because Borders is going out of business, and I was like, wow, DVDs for a dollar. Thank you very much. <laughs> so do you guys, in general, do you guys, did you ever collect stuff growing up? I mean, is that, is that a thing uh, you Yeah, I mean, I action figures, video games, um, things, tchotchkes. Like, I'm one of those guys who just find stuff on the floor <laughs> in the street and they're like, Wow, what a cool shape that thing is! I'm going to keep that piece of junk. So, yeah, I'm not a hoarder. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I, don't, I don't have magic piles tricks. of garbage. That was my thing as a kid. What and was that? Eventually, I used to collect magic tricks, and then yeah, there you go. That uh, movies. So, I, you know, I used to alphabetize movies and reorganize VHS tapes according to like you know. Oh, I think that you know these movies were made in like 1980. I'm going to keep them over here. And well, we and, uh, we just. We just stole all the movies from Blockbuster because we just dubbed them onto blank VHS tapes. <laughs> yeah, you didn't I, do that? I did some of that, yeah. I, 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 we never, I don't like to call it stealing. I, I called it dubbing. Yeah, we dubbed all the tapes. <laughs> and then you would have that uh, that wavy, uh, what was that? Uh, you had the wavy thing on the bottom. The wavy fine. thing on the bottom, yeah. But no, we, we, uh, we dubbed. Uh, the copyright protection so We had stuff. tons of movies growing up, but they're all like in the uh, generic cases and with written on with Sharpie <laughs> on the side of what the actual movie is. Yeah. Um, because you buy some VHS movies for whatever reason, unless you got them on a special deal, they they, they were like eighty bucks. What to begin with? Not to begin with, and then they yeah. went down. But it was crazy how expensive physical media was, and and now you know they can't give away physical media. It's everything is is given digitally. I yeah. I I used to, I mean, I used to collect baseball cards. I, I don't know, and then I stopped because mm-hmm. I don't know. I I just don't like things anymore. Yeah, and it's interesting, and I I think that we should stop. I wish we as a culture stopped judging people on the things that I think that, well, maybe, maybe I shouldn't say that's too broad of a statement, but maybe it's not that important. The things that you like mm-hmm. and just kind of how the, maybe the person you are is more important than the things you like. <laughs> that is interesting. Sure. Cause that is literally the exact opposite of the thing they say in the movie. Cause he says that I have this thing where I don't believe people are, what, you know, people are what they like. He says the exact opposite of what she said when he's talking to what's her name. Uh, the musician, well, uh, the girl from the Cosby Show, <laughs> Lisa, Lisa Bonet. Can't think of Lisa Bonet. 
Thank yes. So he, I think he says that he's like, I have this thing where I believe that you know, you talk about the stuff that you like. That's who you are. And they're they're talking about how they love the same show and like how that's kind of how he gets her to bed because he they're able to talk about share mutual interests. Right. Um, I think that too. I mean, I think that is how you connect with people, right? I mean, yeah, I think I've been making the point of like not being materialistic. Like, it's not whatever car you own is not you're not defined by your car. That is just an aspect of like what you want to be known as, but who you actually are shouldn't be determined by the movies you own or whatever you you own. It's a very personal sentiment for me because uh, my wife doesn't really like movies all that much. Like she doesn't hate them, but (laughs) she's not like, she she could, she could like, if, if Rebecca never watched another movie, she'd be like, whatever. Like she'd be like, like, I I don't think Michelle would go that far. (laughs) I mean, like maybe not that far, but it's not like she, but it's interesting to me because I'm so obsessed with movies. You think that like you, you ever meet those geek couples where they like, all they do is just talk about pop culture trivia, like mm-hmm. rapid, like I'm not that couple. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know like people that only could have like been with somebody like that. So it's mm-hmm. interesting to me. Um, I'm not saying that like I'm better than that. I've person. never had a relationship like that. I've always found it more interesting because I'm the one who gets to tell them about this stuff. And then they tell me about something else that I don't know, you know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> I've been, and I'm guessing in this movie we're we're supposed to think that these characters started off the same and as people who kind of like the same kind of stuff, and uh, you know they they have shared things they like and shared things they don't like, and eventually, you know, uh, this is the character John Rob's uh, person who has kind of stayed put and not grown, and this is and her character as I understood it eventually grew up and wanted a job, and I, I'm assuming was thinking about having a family, and and he wasn't thinking the same kind of stuff. And that's that was kind of like the uh, the impetus of their breakup, and um, you know that that stuff I found interesting. But but I understand what you're saying about uh, people who are like they seem the same. You, I I always kind of wonder how those relationships last as long as they do because, because what's doesn't the de- it get stale? What is the de- <laughs> what is the depth behind the fact that you both really like Star Wars? Right, or or that you just like the same stuff? Right, like well, yeah, and maybe there is something more than more there in that relationship, and I don't want to generalize, but. I think I guess my larger point is that, like you're saying, that is only the window dressing for something that needs to be a lot deeper for something to be sustainable. So, like, yeah, it's great that the dating app matched you because you both like, you know, Breaking Bad. But that means <laughs> nothing. That's gonna really not gonna be the thing that keeps your relationship together when it needs when it needs to be. So. Agreed. Agreed. There's there's a lot more there that's that you know that that relationships are built on more than just the superficial stuff. And to be honest, too. You might like a show for a completely different reason than someone else likes it. You might like it for the opposite reason. You know, mm-hmm. some I, a perfect example: Breaking Bad, like you just said. I like that show because I think it's a really, really amazing uh, portrayal of a character who and that, that that character is very consistent across multiple seasons. And his like the writers really knew what made him tick, and they knew how to like what he would do in every situation. And it was consistent. Other people watch the show because they think he's really badass, and they're like, "Yeah, I want to be like Walter White." And I'm like, "No, mm-hmm. it's a show about why you don't want to be Walter White." So Those I think are the like, same people that hated Last Jedi. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I didn't like the I didn't like the Last Jedi. So. Yeah, but you didn't hate it though. <laughs> I'm just mad, and I'm like, yeah, Meh. I know. But the, here's the problem with there Mal- are people that are calling it. I can, you know, on Twitter, you probably saw me on a little Twitter tiff. Some people really hate that movie, well, which, which my, I don't I guess, really understand. Well, my my take on that movie is here's why. I know we're going I, off on a tangent. Here's what I most don't like about the Last Jedi, and sorry oh, for the tangent. It's the fact that I have to. Like be, feel like I'm more extreme than I am against it because <laughs> people love it so effusely. So I'm Dude. like forced to I'm forced to be like the opposite of the spectrum, and I just want to be like, yeah, maybe go meh. 
Like it wasn't it's, like it's the Frozen effect. I saw Frozen and I saw Tangled very like very close and uh, together near each other. And I thought Tangled was better. And I, I told my friend, I was that's exactly what I said. I was like, yeah, Frozen was pretty good. I thought Tangled did a little bit better, but and suddenly <laughs> I hated Tangled, and I, I, rather I hated Frozen. Exactly. I was like, but but no, I, I thought it was a good movie. I said I liked it. I just thought the other one was a little bit better. Yeah, like so, I, I've con- I've talked to people, and they're like, "What you you were you were ambivalent on the Last Jedi? What do you does that mean? You just freaking you can't do anything with the Star Wars universe?" I'm like, "No, I just, just didn't respond to it that much." No, but, I, I yeah, your reaction is like a reasonable reaction, but I've seen people on that I know on Twitter and Facebook and other in other places, and I know there's a, a, a wide range of reactions to this kind of stuff. I mean, fans you know, fans are the be, worst. Well, you fans know what? can be very passionate, and, and you know. It, I don't know. The internet was a mistake. I mean, we... we it, maybe it was. Letting... Like, I mean, honestly, and I, we myself all go included... We back to record stores. Well, myself included, most of us are pretty much idiots. <laughs> yeah. uh, and our tastes are all pretty much garbage, so... Yeah, but I... Even seeing it a second time, I really liked The Last Jedi. I'm sorry. I, I thought it was really good. I have so many problems with that movie, but all from a screenwriting level. Like, it's all, like, screenwriting yeah, stuff. I agree. But, I agree. Um, but... <sighs> guys. Yeah. So this is actually a perfect real life example of Dave playing the role of Jack Black and why we're wrong for not like not loving. <laughs> I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm no, no, saying. we're wrong. But it's cool. It's cool. I'm, I'm, but it, it, I guess it depends on how we it's, we approach it, criticism, right? When you tell people that they're wrong, which is which is the worst is, way to start a conversation. They're wrong. They're wrong, and you're very absolute about it. This movie is a catastrophe. This record is a piece of shit. That song is a piece of shit. When you when you when you act like that and you talk about art and whatever you want to call it, you know, in, in that manner, that's a very hostile way to interact with people. Oh, totally. You know, yeah. so, you know, you know, uh, have you been on Facebook in the last five yes, years? <laughs> I know, I know. And and I think part of part of the way we interact with people now is, is uh, you know, not actually seeing a, a face or, or, you know, being in a room, the same room as a person, you know, gives you a little more confidence to be a little bit more of Rob at the beginning of High Fidelity to be more of a dick, to be more Jack Black, you know, you you have that 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 the courage or the lack of uh, shame to just, you know, yeah, because put I, someone I don't really down think that, and feel that good Jack about Black it, exists know? in real life. I've very I don't think I've ever met somebody who is that outspokenly I have, I have, brazen. I have, I have. <laughs> yeah, and I've been, like, and, and to, I've been to, to these degree? kinds of stores, and I yeah, well, maybe not to that degree, obviously. But I've met people I, I think like he, that. He personifies the internet. Like he is the internet chat room. He is the internet message board or, or wall or whatever you want it. Twitter, like that is what it's come down to. It's like you, you're. They even say at one point, like when when Dick says, like, well, I think this is like you're wrong. He's like, how can you tell him a preference is wrong? Um, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I think is- the thing is that it. it, it I believe high fidelity has foretold a future in which we no longer know how to speak to each other. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm looking for the version of this movie that's just on Facebook, right? Just the Facebook version of this. Well, that's yeah. kind of what it would be. It would be a Facebook <laughs> argument on a wall. Yeah. Um, final thing I want to talk about sure. real quickly. Uh, we kind of gave short shrift to the um, the trio uh, the the trio of girlfriends that broke his heart, the worst breakups of all time. Uh-huh. And yeah. That he and the kind of the central plot thread of this movie is he kind of meets all them individually yes, to quote-unquote yes. find out what went wrong. That's kind of like the thing that keeps it going. And um, and I think, wh- I think I, so I, I actually really like these parts of the movie, especially when he goes back and looks at the, because I think it's a, it's a perfect, it wraps everything up. When he talks about how like, you know, 
there all these fantasies don't exist because like they're just people so when you actually get into a relationship with them you're gonna have issues no one's perfect like when he kind of realizes that because he ends up going back looking at the other relationships and actually i think it's brilliant because most specifically the, his second girlfriend the girl the girl who was really nice and didn't want to have sex with him he broke up with her because she didn't want to have sex with him and that damaged her so much that she let a terrible relationship happened later which damaged her even more so i think that was actually a very interesting take on and i think the way he reacts is just horrific but i i think it, the movie was saying something there it was the fact that of what he did to that poor girl by by breaking up with her from his point of view it's like oh yeah she just didn't want to be with me and then she slept with some other guy later but when you see the other side of that i think it's very interesting that these these things what gives the movie so much depth i think because there's that there's the girl who um, you later find out is on medication for depression, which makes sense why she was in a relationship with him in the first place, so they could be depressed together. And then when she met somebody else and she was happy, she didn't need him anymore because that was her depression buddy. And how yeah, she wanted like to he's get mytholo- back with him. He's mythologized these relationships, and he's kind of breaking. He's he's finally understanding that. that yeah, and even the, the last girl who who's just like <laughs> she was just a terrible person. Like he realized, like I don't like her at all. She's just mean. She's gross. Well, she says, I mean, like, and it's, it's also really fitting that who's playing her. It's Catherine Zeta Jones at her peak beautifulness. Like yeah. she is so gorgeous in this movie. Like <laughs> I, 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 I had to bite my hand, like how gorgeous she is <laughs> in this film. <clears throat> yeah. Like she, she like, it, it like hurts to watch her in the movie. She is that beautiful. And I was like, <laughs> I don't even remember ca- the cat, like a human could look this beautiful in the movie. Uh, but what, what he comes to realize is that, that's kind of why he was so obsessed with her because he finds that she, her, her beauty allows her to treat other people like garbage and mm. to be self-centered and to be an asshole. And there's um, something about her too. Just even when he says like, why did you go out with this other guy? There's no apology. She's not like, I'm sorry. It was a terrible thing I did. Look at the time. I w-. She was like, oh, I just thought, and then the way she's describing him, like, like, oh, I'm so poetic and so well-spoken. He was sunny. And like, I'm like, oh God. Yeah. Like you could see the issue there. Yeah. But did, did anyone else have the reaction that Catherine Zeta-Jones was a beautiful? Like, oh yeah, like, yeah, beautiful of course. In this movie? Yeah, yeah, but right, like, right around Zorro time. But I mean, what, what has she done? Is she Zorro st- time is that a time of day? I actually quite like the movie <laughs> yeah, Zorro. I, mean, I, I do too, and it's yeah. not because the she's Master in Zorro. it. I think it's actually a really good adventure movie. I do. We should do that one. Oh, man, is it gonna hold up though? I'm I worried. don't know. Oh, you're afraid? <laughs> I'm afraid. I, really, I remember <laughs> really we have a like Catherine Zeta-Jones. Uh, marathon here. Watch traffic after that. Traffic. No, I just I'm afraid Chicago. that I'm. I remember thinking. I remember being like it being a thrilling like swashbuckler. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I'm afraid it's going to be bad if I rewatch it. But um, I think uh, I think in the spirit of the podcast, we that's exactly what we need to do. Oh, <laughs> I, all right, we're doing it. Oh, that wasn't. Well, we don't have my, to do it next. But no, can, no, that, that wasn't one of we? my my three choices. But uh, all right, yeah. you, you do have three choices. All right. Anyway, I think we've we've um, we've rambled Talked on this one enough. to death. Yeah. Have we? I mean, I, th- I think in general, I think we all kind of respect it, at least on some level. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it, I overall enjoy this movie. I, I think it's a good movie. I, I, and I do want... Oh, go ahead, Mike. Sorry. I was going to say, I think, I think it ha- <laughs> it like got its act together like right in the nick of time. I think in the last like 20 minutes, I was like, you guys, I, was almost, I almost had a scathing review for it. And then they kind of, <laughs> at the very end, I'm like, okay. Well, okay. I think that's kind of a mark that you're at least invested in the movie, though. Like, even if you hate the character, you're at least like... I just, I'm uh, very sensitive to movies. Movies have such a profound effect on culture and people's minds and the way society behaves and exists and grows that I look at a movie like this and I'm like, what is this going to, like, wh- what are kids who don't really know any better, like, or even a young adults who watch this and they're like, yeah, I've had a lot of bad breakups. Yeah, you're right. Women are terrible. Yeah, I can use them for my own. Like, I just, I, I, I am very sensitive to what movies say and what the overall moral of the movie is. Um, 
And I'm not saying I'm, not, I'm against tragedies. Like I think tragedies exist. I think they're very, like I said, Breaking Bad, I think is fantastic. A great show. Um, I just, I was getting pissed off because I'm like, there's nothing redeeming about this at all. He's just a terrible person. And other terrible people are going to see this and be encouraged to be even more terrible. Mm. Uh, but you say that, but I don't think, I think the movie very intentionally doesn't make it glamorous to be Rob. I don't no, think exactly. people want to be Rob. And I, I think you're you're painting this idea that people see him acting like an asshole and go, like, oh, I can act like that now. But I think, I think people it happens. Would watch this, I think people watch this and I, I think it'd be very hard to watch this movie and not get the message that he is an asshole and you don't well, want to be him. Well, I would say if you are smart, absolutely. And I say the movie in its current state with the ending that it has, absolutely. If you break it, if you end it where like, like I, I don't know, at any point where he doesn't make those moves where he becomes a better person. I mean, obviously every movie has that. You have character development, right? But without that, I think it's just, I don't know if the movie's really saying that because he doesn't really, sh- he, he is mis- a miserable person, but he's not consciously miserable of why he's that way. And I think it's easy to understand, like, I understand this. I'm in a terrible place, too. Girls hate me, too. I like this guy because he and I have gone through the same thing. You know what I mean? I think, they're, they're, you know, yeah. I, I think the way they end it does say that, have that message, yes. All right. Well, I think I've said uh, my shtick on the movie. Um, if you have other films that you'd like us to talk about in the show, feel free to email us uh, suggestions, and we'll be happy uh, to consider them. Um, not sure when we're going to release another episode. We've been so sporadic with these. Just here's here's my promise to uh, listeners: if there are any out there right now, <laughs> there will probably an up be an updated episode. We're like that fun little bonus that pops up <laughs> on your, you know, you're like, oh, they, they're not dead. Like basically, <laughs> it's your way of figuring out that we're not dead. So um, <laughs> let's let's call it like once a month. Yeah. Hopefully, um, I thought I thought we were here. Are my options? Gonna... <laughs> here ahead. are my options. But for, we don't. Well, we're not going to say what day of the month. Could be. Here are my options for select uh, for the next film we do. You guys want to want to vote? Sure. Yep. Option A. Mm-hmm. The Mighty Ducks. Blah. Oh. What's option B? Okay. Option B. Starship Troopers. Okay. Oh. <laughs> that just celebrated, I think, a 25th anniversary, and Dave loves 25th anniversary <laughs> movies. I love an- just anniversary movies in general. 20, 25, 30. Option C, Brick. Brick. Oh, interesting. I've seen, I've because actually seen, lo- I've seen all three of these movies. Also because. Uh, I have not seen the Mighty Ducks. Well, that's because you were the wrong age. I was the wrong age, yeah. And I was the right age. But um, Brick, because I want, um, I'm trying Ryan, to re- John- Ryan Johnson, right? It yeah. is. And I don't see what makes, you know, whether or not you like The Last Jedi aside, I don't see cinematically why that movie is good. Like, it's, visually. It's okay. I, Brick is what I, I'm talking I, about, right? Well, yeah. I, well, I just want to go back to Brick and see what everyone said. This is a visionary director, and I want to see as a comparison with the current blockbuster he created and see if I can kind of trace that similarity. So I, I kind of want to see that. Because I, I, I came out from Last Jedi being surprised by how visually uninspired Un, un, unmoved by it, I was. There was only not, one not shot. Not the podcast for it, Dave. Not the podcast uh, for it. Yeah, um, and I'm just, well, I, and, I mean, I'm I, not telling you you're wrong. I'm just surprised. <laughs> well, I mean, I, if anything, I thought it was uh, amazing visually. I think there's one. I think there's one ma- amazing visual moment in the movie, which I won't spoil. One, uh, and everything else just didn't really work for me. Can you hint but, at? It? I think it is very visual. I, I kind of agree with this with Dave on this, but we're not going to. I think the 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 Holdo ramming is, is whatever oh, they call Honda Honda Accords ramming. Oh I think my is, god! Is Dude, an incredible the, the theater, moment. You could hear the theater gasp. 
No, it's beautiful. It, like, it's it, yeah. it, uh, and everything I hated about that character and how bad like the plot doesn't make sense to me. I think that moment is incredible. I did not hate that character, especially the movie came together even better for me the second time. I mean, it's I, 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 I just well, here's my issue. And again, I don't want to get into it. I, I think Brick is what we're doing next. <laughs> I don't understand. I, I, I left The Last Jedi incredibly confused. I did not understand the plot. Like, I just did not get the plot. Like, it's I, a movie I'm, for I'm, smart people. That's, I'm, that's yeah, I, I'm probably <laughs> willing to concede. Well. I'm, I am not. I'm, I'm probably willing to concede. I am not smart enough to understand oh, the movie. That's not true. I, I do not. I did not under. I watched the movie and I'm like, I'm just confused. Lame. <laughs> just confused about what happened. Like from an A to B story standpoint, I'm still unclear mm-hmm. what happens in that movie. Like I don't even understand why people are doing things, and I think that's problematic. Have you Have oh, you well. seen a doctor about this? Because it, I <laughs> that that could be like early onset dementia. I well, I mean, I the I, again, I don't want to get into far into last year. I just don't understand what happened to the movie. I, I was very confused by it. I was right. perplexed. We talked right. about it off. So off. We, 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 on it. on for the 25th anniversary, and since uh, Star Wars just came out, I think we do spaceballs. All right, what? cool, good job, guys. We're we can do. We can total Starship Troopers. He didn't say spaceballs. I said Starship Troopers. <laughs> what? Oh my God! I have early onset dementia. What is this? I said Starship. <laughs> I said Starship Troopers. Uh, oh funny. God! So wait, that's what terrible. are we gonna do? Okay. Huh. What are we gonna do next? I guess baseball. Um, whatever you guys think. Well. Uh, I mean, I could do that. I don't think it's gonna be as interesting to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but let's yeah. do brick. All right, brick. We'll do but brick. I've, I've seen it before, but. I mean, I think it's Starship Troopers would be very interesting to talk about as well. Yeah, we so, okay, I, I take back point. what I said. I don't think I actually think I've seen Starship Troopers start to finish. Let's do that then. Starship Troopers? Yeah. Starship Troopers. Starship Troopers. No, just Starship Troopers. Dave, where can people find you on the internet? I certainly hope not. Where can people find you on the internet, Dave? Twitter, Dave Glanz, G L A N Z, and Dave Glanz Productions.com. And Mike, where can people find you? You can find me at MikeMirandi.com or on Instagram at MikeMirandi or on Twitter at MikeMirandi. Okay. With an I. <laughs> With an I, not a Y. No no Ys, all Ys. Uh, you can find me at Twitter at, at Ivan Kander. That's K-N-D-E-R. Uh, Lucky9studios.com is my website. Uh, I guess until next time, whenever we decide to record an episode, we will see you then. Uh, and preferably, you can send us your top five reasons why we should keep doing this podcast. Uh, <laughs> see yes. All right. Please. Sounds good. And then, like fifteen minutes later, I'd be back. Are you a thrower upper? Because I'm. I haven't thrown up in twenty years. Twenty years. Yes. Holy shit! You're really not a throw upper. Well, it's because I'll get close. Like I, I mean, I should have thrown up mm-hmm. this past couple. Like, there, like every other normal human being on the planet, it would have. <laughs> I wanted to throw up. It would have made me feel so much better just to throw up. Yeah.